Episode 57, Howl Right in the Kisser. Welcome to episode number 57 of the Adventures and Lollygagging podcast. Uh, I was just turning my head uh, as we were getting ready to start, and I'm pretty sure everyone thought it was going to go all the way around, didn't you? You thought it was going to go all the close. way around. I don't know what the title of this episode is, but I do know it's probably going to reference old TV. Uh, the last two episode titles we had, uh, Young young Children of the Podcast, uh, I, make re- I make references to two old TVs, uh, old TV shows. Uh, one of them... Uh, episode 55 was Come On Knock On Our Door, and then episode 56 was To The East Side. Uh, do any of you young people, so Melissa, you don't count, uh, do any of you young people? <laughs> That's my son. Wow. We've also talked about it, so I know what the references are, so it'd kind of be cheating if I answered You wouldn't even know. I don't even think you even know them anyway. Do you know those references, though, the rest of you young people, though? I've heard the first one. I can't remember what it's for. I have no idea what okay. the other one is. Come so. on, knock on our door. Like Mr. Rogers or something. No, but you're I in the right era. Okay. Okay. Come on, knock on our door is Three's Company. Ah, that's what it is. Okay. okay. And then to the east side is the Jeffersons. I watched oh. Three's Company a little bit. The Jeffersons, nope. Uh, the Jeffersons is funny, man. You should, uh, if you ever want to go back and look at old television, which Justin and I have been doing, uh, we've been looking at old television, uh, like from the 70s and 80s and 90s and such uh, in our other podcast. Uh, and uh, it's fun, like some of the stuff that we've been stumbling across. Uh, some of it's terrible, uh, but Jeffersons would be fantastic. Uh, so, uh, so speaking of fantastic, uh, that was a transition. I got nothing to go to for that. Uh, <laughs> everyone's here, which is great. Uh, it's hard to schedule these uh, because of because uh, of COVID, but we're hanging in and we're getting everyone here. It's nice to see everybody, uh, which is good because tonight we're going to begin with combat. Uh, do you all remember how to do this? Every time. Try not to yep. die. Yes. Okay, try not to die. <laughs> uh, so all of you decided, and I was really surprised that some of you made this decision, that you all were going to go on a pretty crazy and absolutely uh, stupid and going to die mission. Like you guys were like, you know what? We're in relative safety now. We're behind the sort of in process walls uh, of a keep. We have decent forces around us. We're going to leave that travel across this this frontier northern terrain. Uh, and we're going to see if we can track down these wagons of our friends uh, to try to save them from enslavement into chaotic forces that uh, live at the top of the world to the north. Uh, so that's what you all decided to do. Lavinia, you're basically dead right now. Like your leg is just, it's just hanging by a thread. Yep. And you still made the decision, I think probably because Stekas, I think Stekas brow, brow beaded you into this. Yeah. Okay. A little bit. All right. I think you, you I think you might regret that soon enough, but I'm excited. I'm prepared to die. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, as I was saying before this, is that I think it's actually going to be Stekus who might die here. But I think he's got points, so he's probably going to be okay. Nope. You don't? Nope. Oh, boy. Are you uh, are you advanced on the damage track at all? Nope. Okay. But with what you were describing, yeah. it's very possible that you could get there. Yeah. So you all traveled to the north. Uh, you crossed the Shardwater Run, uh, and you made camp near a fairly large hill. Uh, north of some creepy looking trees in a forest. It's on the north side of the Shardwater Run. 
Uh, and as far as you know, like, I mean, none of you have actually been on this side before. Lavinia and Stekis, you've never been this far to the northeast. It's not really ground that's been uh, explored uh, as much uh, because the ground's a little bit rockier and colder and there's not really fertile ground for planting. And so uh, most of the Rhine was focused on the west side of the Fell Rocks. Uh, but uh, yeah, you guys came across and uh, you you made camp, failed a stealth roll uh, to scout for uh, for enemies and danger. And then as you guys were falling asleep in your, your tents and such, getting some sleep, uh, there was a flapping on the wind, Stekis. You woke up, and as you stepped out of your tent, a bear swept down from the sky. A glorious giant bear just swooped in, screaming like some kind of eagle, uh, and, and attacked you. Uh, and so that's where we're going to start. And there's just fun little calculations I get to do in terms of the amount of damage. So I got ambush. If I, if I, I have to succeed on the hit, uh, but, uh, but looking at the the positives I have here, I think I, I have I have a decent chance. Uh, but I have the fact that it's a large creature that's an extra d six, the fact that it's an ambush round that's an extra d six, and just the regular d six, and then it's normal damage. So it should be fine. It should be fine, right? Everything, everything's gonna be fine. That thing's a large creature. It is indeed. It's very big. Oh, we're gonna eat like good. like Mother Ustak, right? That size? Uh, no, I would say Ustak's larger than that. Oh, yeah, Mother Ustak is enormous. Like it's just not like like in terms of size classifications, like it's it's the same size classification, but like just f- from flavor thematic sake, like Mother Ustak is fucking huge. Like it's just it's like a really really big creature, um, primeval basically. That one terrified me. Out of mm-hmm. like all of like our fights, that one. I was pretty sure I was going to have an actual physical heart attack and you're going to have to take me to the hospital. <laughs> if, if anybody got caught by Ustuk, they were dead. Like it was yeah. just going to be a dead and you guys got lucky and it didn't. Uh, I think the worst thing happened is you lost like a shield or something like that. I think Bruno did. It's back when Keith was still playing with us. But uh, but no, this time around, it's a little different. We ran. I mean, like we rolled roll initiative and that doesn't help either as the Halbear has fairly high initiative and Stekas does not. So what do you say we get started? It's nighttime. It's cold. It's windy. It's snowing. Guys are intense. All of you are sleeping, uh, covered in furs and such. Your clinky metal armors and uh, rigid leather armors are off to the side so that you can get some rest and lower that beautiful damage threshold to make it easier to do damage to you. And uh, in swoops a flying bear. Uh, as it attacks Stekis. So, Stekis, you step out, and you hear the flapping of the wings, and as you look up, you look up just in time to see this thing rake across to you with these uh, crazy, intense talons. Uh, so let's get started here. I'm going to roll some dice. Um, I have an ambush turn, so basically that means I get 3 AP. You are effectively you know, defenseless, surprised, helpless. Uh, and uh, I'm still I'm going to go ahead and attempt a takedown, uh, I think, first. So it's just going to swoop in and try and knock you to the ground. Uh, and in doing so, that will, checking my athletics here, plus 20. That's impressive. Okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. I'm going to attempt a takedown. Uh, so we're starting with good news uh the good news is that i failed my athletics test 
Uh, I needed a 70 and I rolled an 80. Uh, so there's that. Uh, so that'll be one AP down. Then I'll go ahead and take aim and attack. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. And this will be successful. Uh, so this will go ahead and automatically hit. Uh, you don't have any AP to parry. So as this thing swoops down, it rakes across. It tries to knock you over with its big, forceful body. Uh, but despite your surprise, you manage to to keep yourself from stumbling into the into the snow. And then it will uh, it will kind of claw away at you with its talons and with its beak. Uh, and so it's going to get again one d six for normal, one d six for being large, one d six for ambush plus. Uh, plus eight, which is its damage uh, profile. So it's going to be 3d6 uh, plus eight. Uh, so 21 points of damage. That is, but not exceeding the third threshold. Okay. With my armor removed. Okay. So uh, in addition to that, this thing has an ability called Strafing Talons. So when these creatures execute a successful attack while flying, which is what this did, it swooped in and it's attacking you in the air. Uh, they also deal 1d10 plus its agility bonus in physical peril. Uh, and so its agility bonus is 4, so it's a d10 plus 4. So you will take only 6 points of physical peril, so not so bad. Uh, but you did take a bunch of damage. You dropped all the way down to Grievous. Serious. So since I'm wearing armor, doesn't that automatically... Not wearing armor, don't I automatically bleed? No, you have to take the injury to bleed. So roll your 2d6 to see if you take an injury first. It's not if you're wounded, it's if you're injured. So two D6s, one of them has to explode, there which one did in fact explode. Now go ahead and hit our serious injury macro so we can figure out which of the serious injuries you took. Shell shock. Uh, so until fully recuperated, you cannot add fury dice to damage. So this thing swoops in, tries to knock you over, and then just slams and slams its giant talons and its huge beak against your head, scraping away at your face. Uh, and you're kind of stumbling around in the dark uh, with the embers of the fire barely giving enough light to see. Um, you are able, obviously, to shout in pain, and so people all around you will certainly be alerted. Uh, so in addition to that, you are bleeding. So since I took an injury and bleeding, uh, Fettered of Hatred happens, and the, my vestigial twin screams really loudly in an awful noise It sounds like the ants or something. Okay. And uh, everyone has to make a uh, toughness test around me. Same team, Resolve, res resolve test. Okay. Right, resolve resolve test. test because suddenly the smell of hatred and like anger has begun to, to sweep into the into the, the small camp. So everyone go ahead and do that. Uh, does it give a difficulty? It says... Everyone around the burst template must resist a resolve test or be subject to confusion. Doesn't say anything else. Uh, we'll just call it a standard then. Quiet down. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> My burst template? How it's far like is it? It's an AOE. It's a couple yards. Uh, you all, unless somebody would for some reason not want to be part of like the, the small camp, uh, you would probably all <laughs> be within it. And you're like, well, now I don't want to be part of one. <laughs> I'm good. Erevay failed. So there's two fails, uh, and then maybe perhaps the uh, owlbear thing will fail. Right. So I'm just looking at burst template really quick. So it's a diameter of six yards in all directions. So it's an 18 feet diameter. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say everyone's going to get hit by that, including the owlbear. Uh, so toughness, or excuse me, resolve for this one. Let's see. 
with a 36 uh, is good. Needed a 40. So then if you're, there's no one re-rolling that, the two people that failed? I think mine's too low. I don't think it's worth the re-roll statistically. Okay. Oh, no, I'm not real. Okay. Roll a d6. This is exciting. I actually get to use it. One. So you lose one AP on your next turn, uh, and Erevé must attack the nearest ally. Okay. Sugar. So what would we say the blunk arrangements would be? Would we say that, would we would we go along gender lines, or would it just be everyone's kind of, got a couple tents and such to help with the wind? We're all in one small tent. Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, Ashley, roll a D100. Uh, 51 and over, uh, you're not in the same tent as Arave. 1 to 50, you would be. Okay. So you're not uh, in a in the same tent. So Arave's got her own. Uh, and so there's nobody in the immediate area for her to attack. But her turn will come around in a moment. Okay, anything else we need to resolve there, uh, there, uh, Stekas? Uh, if you fail at this, I'm going to read it exactly. Once subject to any of these effects, you can attempt to resist at the beginning of your turn to shake it off. Any who attempt to resist must flip to fail their skill tests. So they have to flip to fail the resolve test is what I read that as going forward. Okay, so uh, what's your brawn bonus, Stekas? A bronze bonus is nine. Okay, so you are now bleeding. You have nine turns uh, before you bleed out and die. Okay? Okay. All right. So now with the uh, ambush turn uh, over, it is now Arave's turn with a 19 goes first. Arave, do you want to try to resist uh, the effects? Indeed, I would. Okay, so flip the fail. Go ahead and roll it. Boy, now now, now you got to be rethinking using that fortune point before when it wasn't flip the fail yeah yep that's a fail so uh you are you are still uh suffering the effects <laughs> so do they re-roll the the d6 or do they not that's the question what's this thing called again it's com- it's basically confused while confused they must roll one d6 chaos die when their turn starts so yeah this is a new turn so roll a d6 again yep so i may not actually have to attack an ally yeah, uh, maybe. It could oh, be worse. Oh. oh, God. Well, you are now helpless. Okay. Okay. The sounds of this creature screaming down on Stekis has got to completely and utterly like remind you, perhaps, of, of maybe a previous attack. Maybe you've encountered these creatures before. It's terrified. And then the confusion of this weird fetid odor that's like wafting suddenly through here. Sure, sure. Okay. Does that sound good? I'm just trying to like it. it that was, I'm just throwing it out there. So I basically wake up and then stay in my tent, crawled in the fetal position. Yeah, you wake up and like there's monsters about. And so you're, you're scared. Okay. So then uh, next turn <laughs> is the howl bear. Uh, who will go next uh, with the 17? The Howl Bear will attempt. Uh, I'll do the same thing I did last time, and I will once again attempt takedown uh, on on Stekis. So a hmm, yeah, I'll do a takedown. I like doing takedowns because you get extra damage. Uh, with a 20 this time, I will be successful. Uh, however, you can resist now because you are no longer like defenseless or helpless. What is it to resist? Uh, so for that, it'll be athletics. Uh, excuse me, coordination. 
coordination standard? Standard's fine, yes. Well, actually, uh, no, it's for you, it's going to be uh, challenging because this is a fairly big creature. This is a large creature. So easier to hit, okay. harder to dodge there. That's a fail. I'm going to... Would you like to reroll? It doesn't really matter because either way you get an extra d6, so I guess I'll uh, reroll. Well, this is giving me another one, so... <laughs> That's true. Right. If so I like, don't do this, you have an automatic one. If I do this and I fail again, you have... I have a choice. Two. And I might use it for that. I might use it for something else. You just never know. You're using it? Uh, nah. Okay. So you're, you're So you get knocked to the ground which means an automatic extra d6 to damage if I succeed at my attack on you. You're sure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's that's fine. Okay. All right. Just double checking. Just making sure. I'm bringing up your character sheet really quick. Just checking your dooming. I'm not sure if, if this is really going to fit, but um, we're going to try. Uh, all right. So then with you on the ground, it will attempt to attack. I will go ahead and once again take aim, uh, and then it will with its talons rake across your chest it will take its large dark beak and jam it right into your face like it's giving you a, a beautiful nightly kiss uh, and so this is this is going to be to hit i need a 95 or under i rolled a 68 as a success so that damage goes so it's, this damage is going to go through you don't have any ap yet uh yeah turn hasn't come around so this will do one damage because it's large, one damage because you're on the ground, and one damage like normal again. So I'm rolling three more d6s, and then it's plus eight as well. Uh, 18 points of damage. I rolled not great on damage. Two, four, four. That, if I'm not mistaken, that's exactly enough to not do two uh, injuries, so I would go to Grievous. All right, 18 points? Yeah, it doesn't exceed your threshold because you're, you're second tier... Uh, is that calculating? That's not calculating without the armor, so no, I died. I you forgot about dead. not wearing armor. Yeah. Boom. And so this thing will will rake through Stekis, and it will take its head and jam it directly into your skull, uh, right through your mouth, splitting your head in two. Uh, Lavinia, your turn. Erve <laughs> is glad that she is curled in a fetal position in a tent and doesn't see any of this right now. Um, I think Lavinia would definitely put on her armor. That's gonna take. Uh, that's that's gonna take some time. Meaning you can't. You don't just. That's not just like an action. That's literally no, like agree. a minute. I, okay. Yeah. Like by the time you're done with putting your armor on, the combat will probably be over. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah, because it's it's like it's around ten seconds or so. We'll say per round of combat, and it's gonna take you roughly ten rounds of combat, or you know, anywhere between Got six it, and okay. tens to, to sort of strap everything on. It's different depending on the armor. Like some of the guys were wearing ring mail and such. It's not something you're really going to sleep in. I could justify probably like furs or hide armor maybe, but like any like leather is kind of on a, it. Okay. it just doesn't really make sense. Um, oh God. Is it like, obviously I'll peek out to see what happened. Really. Okay. And you see a giant bear with wings jamming its beak directly into Stekis's face. And you see just awful visceral explosions of blood coming out of it. Uh, you would probably, with your healing, would know Stekis is probably not uh, not alive any longer. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna 
I get. I don't know. I'm gonna wait. Okay. Okay. You're not gonna do anything. Okay, Hubert, your turn. Uh does his anger still apply if he's dead? I think the odor is still in the air. So yeah, let's go ahead and roll it. You can resist. So you just try to because you because you you failed. So go ahead and try to resist. Yeah, I'll resist first. Flip the fail. Uh, one handy. That's a critical fail. Flip to succeed to one, right? <laughs> Flip to fail. <laughs> okay. Uh, so roll your d6, and I think you're going to go ahead and take some peril on top of it for that crit fail. So You are helpless. Oh, no. You are helpless, Good and point. we'll say you're going to take 19 peril. All right, that'll drop me two. Okay. So you hear this just gurgling and screaming... You hear the last, like, death rattle of Stekus as his face gets caved in by the beak of this this creature, whatever the hell's attacking outside. Much like Erevé, uh, maybe the two of you were sharing a tent and both of you are freaking out now. All right, Bear, you're up. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to go see what all this racket is outside. You get out. You open the tent. You see Stekus on the ground and you see his head burrowing into it is the massive beak of a massive flying bear all right flying bear versus land bear let's fucking go let's get in there okay how far is it so i would say get up and peak is probably an ap all right get then from do you have any do you have any coordination yeah okay so one ap to get up and then peek out your your tent oh i gotta get my shit though uh huh. Okay. Maybe next turn. <laughs> so you basically you'll be ready to charge in on the next turn. Yeah, I'll just suit up. All right. Uh, Stekis, uh, is there anything you do on uh, this last moment of your life as you can feel the life force draining from you? Just think back on all of the regrets I have, and that's pretty much it. Just kind of not having the strength to do anything else. Yeah. So, Lavinia, you said you wanted to go? Yeah. So, I'm going to grab some furs and pop a tincture. And I am going to cut the bo- the back of the um, tent open. Okay. And I'm going to start leaving. Okay. So, you step out of the, you step out of the tent. Uh, okay. And we'll say by doing so, you won't be able to see uh, the front of the tent, which is where the attack was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Erevé, back to your turn. Okay, so I still need to do the resolve check, right? Uh, flip to fail. Yeah. That is a fail. Flip to a 91. Okay. That's my turn then. Oh, no, I have to roll a d6. Roll your d6 to see what happens on your confusion. You two. lose two AP. Okay. So you can get up if you want. And that would be, well, if I lose two, I only have one left. You don't have any coordination? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. Okay, okay, so you're standing inside, you know, your tent sort of. And then it's the Howl Bear's turn. No one's outside to see what's happening right now. So I won't describe what's happening right now. All of you, all of you be quiet. All of you cover your ears, earmuffs. I'll, I'll explain to the podcast. So the Howl Bear, with its massive talons, is going to stab into the chest and stomach of Stekis and lift up off the ground flying away with Stekis's now limp dead body into the night. Uh, Hubert, it's now your turn. 
I like how we all actually like plugged our ears. Did you guys all plug your ears? Yeah, I know what you <laughs> said. That's right. <laughs> so I was just watching you. It looked like you're eating a pizza or something. What? I have like literally no pizza in my hands. How does it look like I'm eating a pizza? Uh, let's go ahead and roll your flip to fail resolve test. It's your turn. Oh, I pass it. Ooh. That's the pass. A 21 flip to fail would be a 12. So you're good. So you have passed the the the, the effect of this foul smelling odor. You have your turn, sir. Uh, I'll listen in to see what's happening. Uh, you hear the sounds of something f- something flapping outside. The winds rustling. Uh, that's about it. I'll peek outside then. Okay. You peek outside and you see uh, next to uh, Stekas' tent, between Stekas' tent and the fire, there is a big red blotch of of just blood and brain matter. And uh, go ahead and roll an awareness test, challenging. See if you can see anything else. I failed it. That's all you see. And figure you got one more, one more action if you want to do something else. No, I'll just wait. See what happens. Okay, Bear, it's your turn. You're ready for a fight. You're all ready to go. It's time to save this man. Okay. Wait, was there anyone else in the tent with me? Me. Okay, so as you, um, so you just, I just saw you leave out the back. Yeah, so you saw me freak out and then just <laughs> rip open the back of our tent and leave. I'll be like, wait, but I'm gonna peek out again after I grab all my stuff. When you look out, at the front, you no longer see Stekus or this giant bear creature on the ground. Uh, you see a massive red blotch in the snow and a bunch of brain matter out in front of Stekus's tent. Uh, roll an awareness test at challenging, just like I asked Hubert. Oh dear. Challenging pass with a 21. You, uh, as you're looking, you feel something hit you on your face and you touch it and you, you see that there's like this, this grimy, thick blood and a chunk of like brain goo. And you look up and you can see about, you know, 15 feet above you there, you know, maybe a little higher. There is this massive flying bear carrying the limp body with a caved in head of Stekus just barely on the outskirts of the light from your campfire. Oh, which direction is it heading? Uh, looks to be heading northernly. Great. The way we're going. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. So time to get out of here. I'm going to, suit up my armor i guess okay and start packing up to travel again okay at this point i'll go ahead and break us out of initiative um lavinia you're panicking a little bit you're running around rolling awareness test at hard because you're in the back you're not by the campfire fail with a 74 yeah you hear the sounds of something flapping in the wind but your face is just getting slammed with snow you lose track of everything. After a few moments, uh, you probably settle down and and you hear the shouting of maybe Hubert or Bear or Arave as one by one, all of you creep out or creep back towards the camp. You see what I've described several times, probably too gleefully, a giant, dark, soaking snow area with brain matter right in front of Stekas's tent. No signs of Stekas. Barry, you're the only one who saw him flying away, so everyone's confused. Yeah, we need to get out of here, guys. They might come back with more 
I don't think we're going to see Stekis again. The thing took him north. What thing are you talking about? Wait, did I actually see it? Yeah, you would have seen a giant bear with wings. And if you describe it, Arave would know exactly what it is. It was like, you know how they say when pigs fly? Well, this is like 10 times worse. There was a bear flying around. I've seen like everything now, I think. (laughs) These things do exist here, especially the farther farther north we go. I am sorry for your friend. I hope that this was a swift death. And Lavinia at this point will be like, I, 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 no! (laughs) (laughs) And she'll be like, like grabbing like her and she'll start also suiting up in her clothes and stuff. Okay. And uh, like clutching her leg. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I cannot. Why, why are we going? And she's freaking out at this point. Uh, okay, so Lavinia is panicking. Is anyone doing anything to calm her down? Uh, just kind of like <laughs> pull my hands on or get in the way of all the viscera and gore. <laughs> Be like, we all agreed to come out here for for Charlotte. We knew there was dangers out here. We just it's unfortunate that it happened so soon. He was one of our toughest, and to lose him this early. It's a little unsettling, but we just need to take that as a warning and be more careful. It's a little unsettling and take it as a warning as we should go back. I have some uh, sedatives or hallucinogenics that calm your nerves if you need, but we're moving on. Hey, uh, make a resolve test, Hubert, to see if you need to take some of them drugs to calm your nerves. We haven't done one of these in a while. I think... Uh, yeah, the strongest member of the party just got his ass kicked. Right? Listen, to be fair, it's his fault. He failed the stealth. I'm just saying. He failed the stealth. He didn't see the enemy. All right, I passed the result. Okay, so you can withhold yourself if you don't want to take the drug. Um, I'm going to roll a resolve to see if I take the drugs. And I'm going to go ahead and say, Bear, take two points of corruption. You, you, are the ones who, you are the one who actually saw this thing burying its beak into his his face and carrying him away. That's not something you easily forget. So take two points of corruption for that horrible sight. Yeah. Okay, no drugs for me. Okay, so it's still a few hours before morning. Uh, we're in the wee waning hours of the winter, right? Or, well, waning, waning weeks of the winter. You know that there's like one more big storm probably left and then it'll probably be over. But the days are still kind of short. Um, but you got a couple hours before dawn. Uh, it's it's windy. It's snowy. Uh, what do you want to do? Get an early move on. Pack up yeah. and get going. Okay. I'll definitely get out of here. Lost Arave. If she knows much about those, like, do they see in the night? They're like nocturnal. Do they get attracted by the fire? Yeah. Go ahead and roll folklore test to see how much you know. Crit success. Uh, you would know that they are fairly. They're loners. Uh, and they tend to like they don't they don't run in packs. Uh, they like they, like they're kind of like all female basically. And then they lay eggs, it's sort of like a weird reproductive process. Uh, and then usually somewhere in like autumn or so is when they have have their eggs, and then like they're kind of feeding them and such. So likely you would probably presume that it was coming and getting food for its its young uh, and nearby. Uh, and with the big beefy boy that was Stekis probably would satisfy it for a little while. So you, you you might be okay for a bit. 
So Erve would say, we may want to get out of this general area. There is a chance that there is a young one close by. Um, so we definitely don't want to be tomorrow's meal uh, for that one. But we should continue along forward. And Erve is less upset than everyone else. Uh, this is sort of life in the wilderness, essentially. Um, so she's not necessarily cold, but let's move things along. Oh, you're definitely cold. It's it's you're you're, you're in a snowstorm. Well, sure. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at my notes really quick. I'm like, okay, so after the owl fight, uh, morning weather, crystal clear, cold but beautiful. They want they can try to hunt down the hell hel- the howl bear eggs with a successful survival test. Guessing that's probably not going to happen now. Uh, okay. <laughs> no. Do no. you want to hang out here until morning, or do you want to pack up and leave? Uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so you start packing up. Uh, it takes you probably about 45 minutes or so to pack everything up quickly, uh, and then off you go in the dark, uh, heading out. Um, Erevé, you would know that to the northwest, there is a very large lake, Lake Odinuk, uh nearby. Um, tends to ice over completely, uh, and there's a lot of smaller uh, like ponds and mini lakes around it. Uh, there's... Um, to the east of that, there are these uh, these kind of crooked-looking mountains uh, called the Broken Teeth. Uh, to the west of the lake, you know, there's something called the Bristlewood um, that sort of up to you all. As you guys are traveling a bit, um, you could also sort of talk about which path you want to take. You effectively have two choices uh, in terms of like your overarching decision on where you're going to travel. You could... Uh, try to cut through the fell rocks, which means you'd actually go through caves or go over top, or you could head northward uh, up the worm, uh, the Wormack, which is like a, a river uh, and through Deadstone Fallow, which is like this little valley uh, and kind of go northward a ways and then around, which would allow you to keep the horses for a little bit longer. Um, but you would be making like a, a deeper trek north and cutting over. Uh, it would probably be easier in terms of like your toughness. Uh, so you'd have the horses for longer, uh, but um, you'd be coming out at a f- sort of a further north port when you when you when you cut over. So it means less mountain travel. Uh, it's up to you guys. So that's sort of a decision that the group should probably decide. This is basically you're charting your your next the next leg of your journey here. Arave will recommend that when you have an injured member in your party, the wisest path is likely the path that you can maintain the horses for the longest. So that would be my recommendation. Having traveled these areas before, I would recommend that we go a bit more to the east and go around. Yeah, I was going to go along those lines because Lavinia here is quite Mm -hmm. injured. Okay. Well, I just saw that thing go north. What are the dangers of the mountain? Surely nothing as terrible as a flying creature. (laughs) There are... There are dangers everywhere. There are certainly some dangers underneath the mountain that I would imagine you're probably uh, reluctant to describe. You're, you're, I mean, I would say you're, you're probably not entirely sure how much you can trust these people. And so revealing too much about like right. the current state of the Umbat Noor is probably not. But yeah, there are some significant dangers that you would have to, that, that the Umbat Noor have long been battling with in their kind of mountain mountain homes and there's plenty of outposts along the way as well there's there's different outposts and stuff that you can resupply at and like 
rest at from time to time that you know that there's groups of like, you know, five, 10, 15 people like just occupying it, just keeping an eye on things. So it's not like it's completely empty, you know, running across towns, but like with somebody who's part of the Umbat Noor, you have the luxury of that. Okay. Um, so by dawn, you have reached the shore of uh, Lake Odinuk. Um, so when the sun comes up, you've traveled for probably about two to three hours uh, in the dark. I need everyone to make a challenging toughness test. However, you all get an assist die because you have a horse. I would imagine Bear, you take Stekas' extra horse. So now you have two pack animals. Oh, so I get two assist die? No. <laughs> you get assist die for the horse that you're riding. So roll your challenge. So roll your challenging toughness test, and then enroll an assist die. All right. So taking a look at these toughness tests. Uh, Bear crushed his the twelve. No problem. I failed mine. We've got Lavinia just missed with a twenty nine. Erve right. passed with the assist dice. With the assist die, twenty five. Bear rolled a ten on his assist die. Hubert, yeah, that sucks. Uh, okay, so it looks like Lavinia and. Hubert failed. All right. The two of you can go ahead and take uh, 20 points of physical peril between the night getting up early uh, and this nightbound travel. Uh, when you reach the shores of the lake, you two feel utterly physically and mentally exhausted as you take 20 more points of physical peril. How's that looking on the two of you? Uh, that's oh, enough to put me three over, which draws me to incapacity. Okay. Oof. Oh no, I'm ignore skill rank one. Okay, that's it. I just did twenty to you. What's your peril threshold, girl? Jeez, I was at unhindered. Unhindered. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you get to this this the shore of this lake, and you can see that the um, Hubert is is utterly exhausted, just spent completely. You see Lavinia. There's wear and tear on her. There's a little bit of shock still probably in all their faces, Arave. Um Yeah, it just seems to be a, yeah, it just seems to be a really rough snake bitten start to this little adventure here. Arave will try to um, lift their spirits a little bit and she'll just share some stories about non-specific information, but some bright parts of areas to the north, like beautiful vistas or, you know, things that we may be able to see um, and just try to keep folks um, kind of a little less focused on kind of recent events and, you know, kind of trying to keep the group together. Okay. You're going to play a tour guide after one of their friends just got their head caved in by a bear that flies. I love it. Okay. So would you, would you wait here for a while uh, or, I mean, like, remember that we're doing wilderness travel, so there's no recovering of peril until you, quote, make camp uh, at this point. So just don't forget that. Would you wait here for a while, or would you continue travel? By wait here, do you mean make camp? Mm-hmm. And remember, make camp is like a 24-hour like rest, or do you want to push some more? Considering that Hubert's are only, like, technical warrior, I think maybe... You're arranged. I like how you're a technical warrior. You're not a real warrior, but you're a technical warrior. <laughs> I meant, I meant melee mean? range. That's what I meant to say. Uh-huh. Got it. What do you guys think? Well, he is incapacitated. So if we run into something, he's just going to be useless. Well, it's like nothing new. So might as well keep going. Oh, so <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we can wait. Okay. So you're going to make camp? get water at the lake while we can too. 
All right, so who wants to roll a survival test to try to find a decent spot around here? I don't think we ever rolled our survival. I got these guys. All right, I failed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Who wants to do Um, it? I have one point in my perceptions, 48. That's pretty good. Go for it. Okay. Challenging. Wait, but you're at ignore skill rank, so it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I am ignore one skill rank. I'm only. I've got one and forty-four. That's better. That's okay. yeah, that's better than me ignoring. All right, standard. Uh, no, challenging. Oh, she knows the area. She knows the area, but the difficulty is more about like the terrain, like how bad the terrain is. Yeah. That's how they establish it: hills and mountains and frozen tundra. Okay. Pass with a thirty-five. So you uh, you do manage to find uh, kind of a safe little spot within this copse of trees that still has some of its vegetation left, giving you a little bit of break from the wind. You set up a couple a couple tents. Uh, bear heads out, breaks the ice a bit, collects as much water from underneath the sheath of ice as he can. Uh, can do some try to do some ice fishing if you wanted to give that a go. Um, if only we had somebody who was good at fishing and had a fishing pole or something, we might be able to. Do this even easier, but can't even say too soon anymore because now that we've had another character death since then. Since when? <laughs> um, but yeah, so a bear comes back with some water, some fish. You guys and you guys spend the the entire day making camp on this mm-hmm. elongated chase to go catch them wagons that are moving north. Um, okay. Long, what's your health at? Moderate. Who who all wants healing? That gets needed some. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Not Very before the fight good. started, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to be bad for you, man. Then you rolled really low on your initiative. I was like, oh, shit, I think I am going to kill him. Aravay's at moderate. Okay. Um, What I'm going to do before I try and heal you guys is I'm going to go stand on some earth. I'm going to take a ceremonial knife and I'm going to plunge it into the ground and I'm going to cast blood of the earth on myself. You want to explain to the podcast listeners what that does? So blood of the earth is pretty cool. If I successfully uh, cast this spell, I immediately move one step up the peril condition track positively for every minute I stand upon the the natural earth. Um, So it's automatically three plus WB. I'm three down on the peril condition track, so that's exactly what I need. And that's if I pass. Um, that's handy dandy. Do I channel? Yeah. How, how, how much? Um, when I channel, uh, it doesn't... You can either do plus 10, plus 20, or plus 30. And depending on what you do is how many extra chaos die you would have to roll. Okay, I thought I had something that also... You do, you do have something, but yeah, just... You do. It's because uh, it's winter time, and it's your second favored season. Yeah. So, uh, how how many steps do you want to go and do? Uh, two. Okay. So plus twenty. So I pass with a roll of a five. What's the chaos mean? Oh, that just means I'm good. Yeah, okay, you didn't roll any sixes, so it'll automatically roll or chaos die. So no manifest no manifestations were formed. I'm doomed if I roll a six or a one. Uh, okay, never mind. You are doomed uh, because you rolled a one. Oh no. You rolled 2d6 and you rolled a 4 and a 1. Yep, yep. Okay, so now I need to roll a... You need to roll a d100 uh, on the Chaos Manifestations. This is a petty spell. Uh, yep. So go ahead and roll a d100. 89. 89. Okay. 
Your ears become plugged with a thick mucus. A successful heal test will help, but you cannot succeed at any skill test that requires hearing over the next three hours as your ears have, if your ears become waxy. Okay. So it's not so bad. Of all the things it could terrible. be. Yeah, that's just like my everyday life with ear infections. So you head back, uh, roll your heal tests, and I'm going to roll some danger die. So my peril is gone. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to do first one. Who wants it? Erve, this one's for you. Hey. Oh, wait, no, that's resolve. What? Baited. I think I think it's going to count. It's a, you, Fail. You, you needed a 69 and you got a 69. I want it to count. Did you just roll another 69? I did. Okay, so this is what happened. She meant to roll heal, but she accidentally rolled resolve. And her resolve target rating was 69. And she rolled a 69. Then she rolled her heal test properly, and she needed a 62, and she rolled a 69. So in, f- like, what the hell? That's insane. Uh, so that's a fail. Do you want to re-roll that? Yeah. You didn't take your time. I guess I can take my time this You time. went ham like I did with rolling for character. Yeah, Coder's busy rolling his other character right now. Boom, 14. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. And then now for Hubert. Hubert. What, what are you at, Hubert? Otter. Same. Oh, God. Do you want to re-roll that? 97, yeah. Okay, go ahead. No. Why? Okay. Rest of the day passes uh, fairly uneventfully, uh, if there's, if there's, unless there's something you wanted to do, but like you, it looks as though Arave has found you all a fairly good spot. Uh, the Umbetnor are pretty accustomed to like camping in fairly stealthy ways and living in fairly stealthy ways. There's a lot of dangers, a variety of dangers, as you have all seen that they uh, have to avoid. And she do she does manage to give you a fairly stealthy camp uh, and you make it through the evening into the night and to the next morning without any major issues. And by midday, uh, after you've bre- broke your fast and healed up some folks, and you can go ahead and you can move your peril tracks up to um, imperiled because uh, I think it's only if you crit succeed you can get all the way up. So otherwise, it's up to imperiled for those of you who need to move it. Uh, and you start breaking your camp down, and you are ready once more to to continue this doomed path north. Down the Oregon Trail we go. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, you've uh, reached a river. How do you want to get across? Oh, shoot. Steck has just died of dysentery. Sorry. <laughs> this <laughs> dysentery in his face is what happened. Uh you you continue traveling northward uh since you said you were taking the path uh through uh through dead sun Fala, uh you uh you it probably wouldn't make sense to go along the western edge of the lake that would just put extra time that'd be an extra day's travel so if you hug the eastern side of the lake uh you can slip uh through uh you know on the western side of the broken teeth uh and uh you continue traveling for for most of the day um who would we say is now out in front uh, doing the scouting now that Stekus is dead? Stekus was the one who was out in front scouting. So who's actually doing scouting now? That's the stealth thing. That is the stealth thing. I'm not asking for a stealth roll. I just kind of want to know who's I out in front. I got this. Okay. I got this. All right. Bear, make an awareness test for me and you can do it at routine. That's not a stealth. That's why I, I, that's why I said he didn't have to roll a stealth test. I specifically said that. Um. Awareness. Uh, awareness. Okay. Easy. As you pass through uh, like this uh, 
this section of forest that borders the eastern side of Lake Odinuk. You can see to your east the, those weird, crooked, broken – they're called the broken teeth, uh, according to Erevé, these weird-looking mountains off to the east. Really small, but like they're kind of odd-looking. Um, you, uh, you crest a fairly large ridge uh, where these trees are still giving you cover. And as you look northward towards uh, one of the – one of these smaller little lakes that uh, that kind of are dotted around the landscape around the larger Lake Odinuk, uh, you see a couple people. Uh, it's a fairly like I was describing. It's a f- actually fairly clear right now. It's overcast, but there's no there's a lot of wind, but there's no snow currently. So you have a decent vision of this, uh, and you can see. A good couple hundred yards out in front of you, maybe a quarter of a mile or so, half a mile maybe, you can see that there's movement, definitely people uh, in the distance uh, by one of those by one of those smaller ponds or lakes. I'll uh, hold my position there and try and call up uh, Aravay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Aravay, you move up. Uh, you guys remember, you guys have horses, so I'm imagining you guys are hopping off your horses to look first and like leaving your horses back. You're peeking out, um, Aravé. Why don't why don't you go ahead with? Uh, actually, no, I won't even make you roll it because he can point it out to you. When you look out, um, you see what looks like three individuals, and at this distance, you can recognize them uh, as being members of the Umbetnor. Okay, and very rarely would they be so brazenly out in the open like this. Uh, so if they are, likely something's wrong. So Aravay will um, kind of increase their speed and say we should go find out what's going on. Uh, they shouldn't be this visible. Let's go see what what has befallen them. Okay. Okay. Hopefully uh, a bear didn't get to them. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, did you do you let Lavinia and Hubert know or the two of you go by yourselves? Yeah, let's get the squad. Okay. So you start heading down there and there's a, once you get down from the ridge where those, those trees were, it's just mostly open ground between yourselves and where they're at. That's what I mean. Like they're out in the open. This is rare. Um, so they're going to be able to see you coming. And so, and you're galloping along on horses as you're getting closer as they're not really galloping because these, these horses are, they know they go, they're like Clydesdales, you know, they go through the, the Budweiser <laughs> stuff. Like they're, they're used to the snow and stuff, but um, they're not moving too fast. But they see you coming. I'll let, uh, I'll let her take point so they don't get startled. Okay. Um, and so, Arave, you take point, And as you get close, uh, they kind of shout out. Um, when you get, you see there's three of them. One of them's laid on the ground and it, it appears to be severely injured. Um, and another who's standing is laboring in some way as if like they're kind of clinging to their side. Uh, the third is standing upright. Um, and Erve, are you wearing your normal mask get up when you approach? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so they'll kind of give a hand signal, uh, kind of a familiar greeting, like a silent greeting. Uh, and as you get closer, they'll take their helmet off their, their, like their, their kind of whole headdress off in greeting, uh, encoder. What do they see, uh, when the, and then the the hood comes off when this headdress comes off. I wasn't ready for I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for this yet. Uh just give me like two or two things. Like 
Uh, is it is it human? Uh, I'm an ogre. Okay, very large, tall, like six eight or so, big dude. Okay, any facial features or anything that we should be? I to- have a hooked nose. Okay, there we go. So we got a we got a big old ogre with a hooked nose. Any kind of hair that we should be worried about? Uh, I have really dark skin, dark brown skin, okay. and uh, I have bland brown hair with bland like hazel eyes it's just kind of all the same shades okay um why don't uh since you're still working erve why don't you roll d100 51 to 100 you guys don't know each other personally one to 50 you know each other we know each other you know each other okay can i roll again to see if we like each other okay all right one to 50 you like each other 51 to 100 you you're rivals in some way we like each other all right, your friends in some fashion. Uh, so you, when you see his face, you call out his name. And what is the name, Coder, that she calls out? I haven't got that far. Hold on. All right, Melissa, what do you yell? <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. We should name his character for even worse. Like, I am not the person for this. Because Long would just shout out an anime character's name. Drunk. Drunk? Your name is Drunk? Drunk. D-R-O-N-K. Drunk. Okay, drunk. All right. So you call out drunk, and then drunk, you call back out Erevé, and you two, uh, you two see each other. Um, drunk, you notice that uh, following her are three individuals, a couple horses that you don't recognize uh, necessarily. I mean, you know that there's people obviously in the ruin, like you've spied on them and watched them before, but you don't necessarily know these three people, uh, and it. You know, you know that there was a, a crew of folks who went south specifically to do something around Verdum. You've been sort of outpost hopping up to the north, doing some scouting, and uh, you can convey to them that when they, you know, when you're looking down, like you've got two injured compatriots with you, one of whom is probably about to die, like like literally, is just dying, like breathing and laboring. The other one is was more standing up just in case whoever was approaching was threatening. But once it once Arave takes off her helm and once everything seems to be in order, you can see that they sag to the ground as well. So they're severely injured. You uh you would be able to tell them that recently uh, you were attacked. Uh, you and some of the others that you were with, because there would have been three others in your squad here, uh, and they have all been killed, more than likely, by by a uh, by a frost firm, uh, off to the what? east. By a frost firm off to the east by the Yem Sea, which is like a, a harbor on the uh, the eastern coast to the, to the north. Um, you were scouting down the peninsula towards the end of the horn as there were reports of some sort of strange ship that was patrolling around uh, that uh, um, that some of the, the folks in the Umbet Noir are very concerned about. And so you and your group... Uh, was moving in that direction. And while you were out there, you were attacked by a frost firm. I'll convey uh, why that our companions are in this state mm-hmm. and uh, say that we need to be careful because it could still be, still be nearby the frost vern. Verm. Y-W-R-M. Yes. Like a dragon kind of thing. Sure, if you want to think about it in those terms. It's not like a dragon, but yeah, I mean, it, like, it's, it's like that. Yeah. A reptile. Sure. Or a worm. Sure. Does that oh, no. something? Um, something I... awful. 
and strong and powerful. And you all have brought shame on your houses by not being able to defeat it. What's up, Lavinia? Can I heal these poor folks? When you move up, uh, you can see there's there's nothing you can do for the one. They're they're gone. They're uh, like you can you can maybe if someone's got some law to them, you can give it to them. They can take away their pain, uh, but they're they're gone. Oh, do I have any? Hubert? Yeah? Do you have any laudanum? Do you need some? Uh, I'm, it would be nice for this poor person who's passing. You're smart enough to realize, Hubert, that this person's a goner. But they're, they're in definite pain. What would I waste it on them? Okay. Uh, go ahead and take two points of corruption. Uh, Arave and, 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 and uh, I keep wanting to call you Gronk now from the Patriots. And Drunk. Uh, one of the two of you roll an eavesdrop test uh, at standard just to see if you heard this little exchange. This episode got fun. This is crazy. This is fun. Got to kill somebody. Everyone's getting it. And another <laughs> 69. Jeez. So many 69s tonight. Uh, both of you. Yeah, you guys are too busy talking to one another. You don't overhear this. Um, so Hubert doesn't want to give uh, the laudanum and... Uh, this frustrates Lavinia, but she does recognize that she needs to help this other person first. And so, yeah, like this person just... What are they at? They just die. And then the other person is uh, is at seriously wounded. Okay. So uh, they don't look like they're on the verge of death, but it looks like they have taken an injury, however. So when you get up close, uh, you notice that they have... Let me double check really quick. Um, they have a stress fracture. Uh, in one of their legs, like one, okay, you can, you can so see that they're they're definitely laboring to one. I will need to tend wound first. Then I beg your pardon. This actually has two injuries, two serious injuries: a stress fracture and a skull fracture. Oh, God. I beg your pardon. Yes, but they're not on the verge of death. They're they're definitely they need to be taken care of. There's okay. there's not a lot you can do for them out here. They're not bleeding or anything. They had armor on, unlike some people when they got attacked, uh, so they didn't have to worry about it. Um, Arave in Drunk, you would know that nearby, uh, and this is probably where Drunk uh, was going, uh, nearby in the Drum, which is this, uh, this kind of butte that's off to the northwest, uh, there is a small looking outpost uh, for the Umbat Nor. And that would, uh, is a place where there's kind of built into the, into the rock, carved away, uh, there's somewhere where a handful of people, usually anywhere between three and 12 people might be, uh, kind of stationed at any point, kind of listening and watching, uh, the Northern passes, uh, to see if anyone, anything, any monsters or any of these marauders are coming down the dead Sten Fala to see. So like, this is kind of a, like a lookout point, so to speak. Um, but you would know that they would be there. And so there's likely the, the likelihood of there being some resources, maybe some bandages, some food, certainly get out of the cold um, and just a place to to leave them uh, would work. So Arave and Drunk would talk about this. And I'm not sure if, if Drunk would initially be on board with the idea of us bringing in kind of outsiders into this outpost. You know what we should do? We should ask him, Drunk, would you be initially on board uh, with the idea of... Uh, Bring in these outsiders to one of these hidden Umbat Nor outposts. No. Okay. Okay. I like your honesty. I appreciate wow. it. Take those bandages back, Lavinia. Arave, you would know that it's okay. Like you would know that you were told it's okay to go to some places, but there are certain things that you're supposed to kind of keep secret. So, Colonel Jaeger himself said that this 
was going to be okay. This is not one of our prize secrets that we need to, to keep from them. This makes sense for everyone involved that this one is okay. And this comes straight from Jaeger. Uh, while y'all are doing that, Lavinia is going to instruct, uh, ask Bear to help get this guy up on the other horse that we have. Okay. You have two extra horses, one of the, which you were using for like supplies and the other uh, was Stekas's. Was, was so you can put yeah. the injured guy who's going to make it. He just, he can't really walk that well and yeah. he seems really confused about where he's at. Uh, but you load him up. Um, the one who died was a, a fairly thick and strong looking woman, sadly. Um, but she has passed. And the time it took you to assess the wounds on the other, this woman passed. Yeah. And Lavinia will kind of turn over to both of you, Erevan, drunk, and just, she'll just convey that you need to take her somewhere, or all of us, somewhere where I can heal him. Otherwise, he has a skull injury, something's wrong with his leg, and unless you guys have healers out here, it's he's going to have some consequences. So everybody's going to turn back to drunk. I will defer to your instruction in this situation. I'm just kind of accepting more death in my group of people and not really trusting what's going on 100%, but kind of going to go with it. Thank you. I will show everyone the way. Okay. Uh, So you begin heading sort of westward at this point. You have to go around uh, around the drum, because uh, the entrance to this is on the northern side, uh, so it's still going to require some travel. Uh, you can also go to the east, but heading that would be going back towards the direction in which the the Frostvum was uh, was endangering uh, your allies. But you start heading west. Um, it's a few hours, and you finally get to the the Vermac, which is a river that uh, kind of serves as a tributary, as, or not tributary, but it feeds into Lake Odinuk. Um, and by the time you get there, it's probably like midday. It's like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and you can see that what was once an overcast day has really begun to swirl with some some heavy clouds, um, and a light snow begins to fall. The wind begins to kick up. As you're traveling along the river, you hear the sounds of the rushing water going by, um, big chunks of ice. It doesn't, because this, this seems to be a very fast moving river. Uh, it doesn't seem to have like frozen over completely. Like there's there's sections in the middle where it's still watery and then the near the shore, it's a little bit more icy. Uh, but you, you, you move up the river a bit. And by the time you get to the Northern side of the drum, it's a full free fall of snow as everything's just sort of pelting you and pelting you. Uh, when you look off to the east, the sun, excuse me, when you look off to the west, the sun has uh, gone down behind the fell rocks and the shattered peak to the west. Uh, and it is dark uh, at this point. And you can feel an immense cold. Uh, and I would say that both Dronk and and, uh, and even Lavinia and Hubert, pretty much everyone but Bear uh, would probably recognize this as like, the early onset of like another major storm, uh, the next major blizzard. Everyone's sort of like prophesizing or predicting that there's one more and it's sort of coming on. Um, when you get to the Northern side of the drum, you would all know uh, the, uh, the two Umbat Noor that are now in the party that there, uh, there is a kind of a hidden pathway to, to head up. Like it's, again, it's the Umbat Noor is really good about using the natural terrain as kind of like a stealth mechanism, a way to obscure its its routes and its paths. 
Uh, I won't make you roll to look for it. I think the two of you would know the specific signs. Uh, and you begin to ascend uh, up this, that kind of crisscrossing switchback. Um, however, you do have to make a choice. Uh, do you stay on horseback? Do you lead the horses? Uh, it's a very narrow path. It's like one, like one at a time. But the horses can get up there if they're careful. I'm not going to worry about it because the horse isn't going to carry my fat ass. Sure, it would. You're not that big. You're only 6'8". Horses are way bigger than people, so I think you're okay. I don't have a horse because they have a pack horse. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you want me to kill Hubert? You can take his. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I die trying to ride my horse up this switchback. Uh, so is anybody trying to ride the horse up, or are you all just leading him? Yeah, I'm riding mine. Uh, lead it. Leading. Okay, if you're riding up, roll a ride test. Uh, you can roll it at standard. I think, I think he's trying to kill himself. No, I'm going to re-roll. We got to re-roll it. Yeah. Let's do it. Go for it. There we go. Okay. So you manage to get out in front of everybody then. like You kind of like shuffle forward and you're moving way faster and you just begin to ascend and you're well in front of everybody else who is intelligently hopping off and leading it up. Um, as you get to the top, Hubert, as you've, you've moved pretty quickly and the horse has moved with you, seems just as ginger uh, or just as eager to, to move up gingerly taking like some of the turns and the switchbacks. Um, this is sort of like the equivalent of going up like four stories or so uh, of a building, maybe a little bit more than like four and a half stories. Um, go ahead and roll. Uh, you can roll an awareness test at challenging. Do you have any light sources that you're going to pop, pop out? Yeah. I have lanterns if needed. Okay. So pop out a lantern. You can roll it challenging as you're looking for this entrance. Oh no. Okay. I don't, I don't quite see it. Uh, so it takes you a while, uh, 34 for 33. It's pretty close. Uh, it takes you a little while, which allows them to, to catch up like half the way. So they're kind of like halfway up, slowly moving their horses or tugging and not really wanting to make some of the turns. Um, and you eventually, uh, notice something in the ground. Uh, you notice that there's this, uh, this kind of ledge that kicks out from the butte about four or five feet and the snow is kind of building up on top of it. And you can see that underneath of it, there's really not a whole lot of snow itself. There's icicles that are hanging down. And one of them just happens to fall. Uh, and it kind of catches you on the side of your face, scraping your face. Uh, and you can go ahead and take 11 points of physical peril uh, as it does so, Hubert. Uh, but the good news is, is that it does, as you're kind of reeling back from it, your horse kind of flipping around, uh, you do notice in the shadows uh, that the lantern now at these random angles, there's this small little sliver of, of rock, like these two rocks where you can kind of slide. It's maybe about four feet wide uh, and you can slide through and so could the horse. Let's do it. Okay. So you lower your, lower your head and you, you go inside uh, the rest of you. Uh, you're coming up. Whoever wants to, whoever's got light out, go ahead and roll an awareness test as you're moving up. I probably don't since I got two horses. Sure, I'll do that. Okay. That's a fail. Okay. Um, anybody else? Oh, I can roll. That's a worse fail. 75 out of 58. Okay. Arave, you want to roll? Sure. Okay. That is an even worse fail. Uh, 96 <laughs> needed a 54. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you move up. Can I use a fortune point? Absolutely. Go ahead. You guys are getting so bold with your fortune point usage because you know the episode's coming to a close soon i failed okay how many more do we have uh two uh i'll do one okay so bold and brazen 
That's when the frost worm comes and kills everyone. The frost worm. That is a pass. Needed a 54, got a 43. As you're curving around the second of the switchbacks, getting to like moving from the, you know, kind of halfway up, uh, your, your lantern or your torchlight glistens and reflects off a small piece of metal uh, in the ground, kind of buried in the snow. Um, it's sort of just this quick little glint. I will stop and carefully smooth around it. You know, I know like traps or things, so I'm, you know, kind of trying to be careful in how I mm-hmm. investigate this. So I'm not sure. stepping on it or poking it, but just trying to move some of the snow. Oh, when you kneel down and start moving the snow around, it's very clear what this is. You see a ring on the ground uh, that's on a finger, uh, that's on a hand that has been severed and is sitting here in the snow uh, and is kind of bluish tint to it. When you pick it up, uh, it's a different... The skin color is it's sort of bluish and it's definitely severed. Um, it also looks to be a, a woman's hand. Going to look at the ring more closely. Okay. Uh, it's like a, it's this mostly woven leather, but then there is a nice piece of shiny silver, uh, and that's what was flickered, flicking off of it. It might have been uh, some kind of like uh, promise ring between her and somebody else. Um, roll a folklore test uh, to see if you might know uh, the people. Okay. That's a fail. 52 needed a 44. Drunk, I would say you can roll this too if you like, if she shows it to you. Absolutely. Sure, you said folklore? Yeah. Why not? It's like, that's my wife. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> that is a fail. 65 out of 39. Yeah. The two of you do not recognize who this person is. No, you don't know. But you do know it's a hand severed in the ground. Seems, uh, you look at the cut, it's a fairly brutal looking cut. What you guys like to do? Is there like a blood trail leading up or down this uh, incline? Uh, nothing obvious. Uh, this thing was half buried in the snow, so you would imagine, and it's been exposed. So you imagine this has probably been here a while, at least a, a couple, maybe a, a day or two. But you don't okay. see it. You don't see any like, no, any obvious blood trail or anything like that. Well, Hubert's already up there, so we should probably catch up to him before he gets into something bad. Erve will take the ring and leave the hand. Um. It's going to be kind of hard to do. Do you break the finger off or anything like that? It's hard to, it seems a little difficult to, I don't know, break the, break the finger off and then slide the ring off. <laughs> I don't want to put the whole hand in my back. Thanks. I'll take it. I suppose. I'll hold it for you. Okay. All right. Hubert, as you trot with your horse further into this kind of cave, you start to notice that the stone looks to be hewn. Meaning, it's it's you start to see what began as rough hall is now hewn and clean and smooth, and you have to duck down if you're continuing to ride your horse or it hits your head. Uh, it, it only it only looks like about a seven foot tall ceiling maybe, and so you're having to kind of ride really low. Um, you start hearing your your horse's clop 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 clop. Um, I'm gonna roll over your previous awareness test, meaning you don't really notice a whole lot as you're wandering through here because you're moving kind of fast. Your head's ducked down, uh, but eventually you uh, you seem because you're kind of going inward uh, to this this drum, and you eventually pass through like a a door a doorway, and you're in a, a larger 
uh, like foyer area. Um, you can see off to your right on the ground uh, there, or not on the ground, uh, leaning up against the wall, you can see that there's this large stone slab and it looks like it's it's probably slid over top of the the opening just in case. Um, you can see that there is carved into uh, the further side of the room that you just entered, there's a archway uh, and it's got all sorts of these different Umbat Nor symbols uh, on them. Uh, and it seems to lead further into some kind of stronghold. Uh, when you step inside, uh, you are immediately hit in the face with this peculiar aroma. Uh, it smells uh, quite eh, quite rotten in here. Uh, almost, uh, yeah. Almost as if uh, something something maybe has died and, and kind of stinking up the the joint a bit. Um, uh, I'll sneak around see what's going on. Are you hopping off the horse? I think it's yeah. Maybe... I'm off the horse. Okay, so you're gonna hop off the horse. Uh, you do notice that there is a place off to the right where there's like a little stone trough. There's no water in it currently, but you can kind of tie a horse off there if you wanted, or some other kind of animal. Um, then you start sneaking and roll a stealth test. What are there? Um, all right. Uh, so you move inward underneath that archway, uh, and you can see that there's a, a few small rooms to your right and your left as you kind of dive in. Uh, there looks to be a staircase that's been cut into the stone that goes up to a second level, uh, and then there is another door, uh, like a little small, smaller archway to the right of the staircase going further inward into the mountain. So right and left, two rooms on either side, Staircase that goes up to a second floor and forward on the right-hand side of the staircase, there's another small archway that goes further. I'll just check the nearby right. Okay. You step inside uh, and you, uh, there's like a, there's like curtains sort of, like like these beaded curtains that kind of give some semblance of privacy that you push back a bit as you step in. It looks to be a room. And when you do that, you're just, oh God, the stench is just ugh, awful. Um, and when you look down at this 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 platform that looks like it has some some kind of cushions and furs and such on it, um, you can see that it's just completely matted down uh, with blood and other something else. You don't see any bodies or anything that might might have caused this, but you see it's just like covered in just awful, terrible blood. Um, you also notice on the walls, there's like streaks of it, uh, as if like fingers were, were kind of like like a hand was placed into, into blood and it was streaked against the wall and it's kind of dripping. You know, it's like you can see parts where it dripped down. It's it's turned brown at this point, so it's definitely been here a while. Something happened here. I don't want to find it. Hmm. Uh, I'll check from across the hall. Okay. Um, when you step across the hall and you look into one of the rooms on the other side, you look inside and you see basically the same thing. You see, uh, except instead of it being the bed, the platform area, you can see on the ground where there is some kind of woven rug uh, to keep from the, the cold stone floor. It's just completely covered in this brownish stain. It's at this point that the rest of you uh, have made it into this... Uh, you know, you make it through that tight hallway at entrance point, and you can see Hubert's horse has been anchored to one of the one of the posts to the right as you come inside. Quick question: the mm-hmm. hand that we found on the way up, 
Yeah. Is there a lot of blood on the palm or the fingers? Uh, a little bit. Mm. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, like it's, it was severed. So yeah, there's some blood here and there, but like, it's not like coated in it or anything. Okay. Just curious. So would this be a situation that I would be interested in reading what's up here or I've been here before. And so I would kind of bypass that. You've, you've read it before. It's, it's kind of ho-hum to you. Okay. Yeah. Both of you would. Um, but yeah, you step inside. There's more pressing concerns. Uh, you can see Hubert has just stepped out of one of the left apartments um, in this area. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's just blood everywhere. Something happened here. Were we were here? on our way here. We, I'm just going to trail off and go try and figure out what's happened. Okay. Uh, where do you want to go? I don't want to go further in to see if there's like uh, more blood since you said there's blood leading that way like maybe someone's running away from something you can see as you guys step in and there's more light now as there's multiple light sources uh, that there's all sorts of red or reddish brown splotches on the floor trails of it drag marks of it going every which way you can see the steps of the stairs going up the second level are just coated in it uh, you can see the doorways that go into these other rooms have that same sort of streak mark on it here and there. It's everywhere. Um, you have two more apartments that are immediately in front of you. You have, if you go further into the mountains, this would be going southward into the mountain uh, if you stay on this first floor. And then there's the stairs that go up to a second floor. Is there any like claw marks or like animal tracks leading up and down all around? Like bloody footprints. Go ahead and roll an awareness test. That's a fail. Okay. Don't notice anything like that now. It's a little... It's all muddled. It's kind of go up the stairs. Okay. You start stomping up the stairs. Arave, what do you want to do? Arave would check out one of the other apartments on this level. Okay. So we'll start there. You go into one of them. Uh, any the one that Hubert... One of the ones that Hubert hasn't gone into before. Check the right and you check the left. And it's the same situation. Uh, you can see that there's just the remnants of blood everywhere like some of it's on the mattresses the furs some of it's on the walls you can see these weird shapes are kind of drawn into the walls here and there um you can see that the uh the floor itself is kind of covered in it um signs of struggle uh you also notice as you start peeking a little bit more closely with the extra light that there's there's other things. There's other little gifts, like that little hand that you came up. There's like a, a finger here, an ear there, a couple teeth, like the eye, an eyeball that you kind of pick up, and it's got the, the stringiness attached to the end of it as you sift between some of this. Uh, what are you doing, Lavinia? Uh, Lavinia is going to attempt to... She's going to be freaked out because this is similar to that other place that we found mm -hmm. um, where we found the cour our couriers that were being held. So she will be concerned that this was possibly like a site of like magic happening, like sacrifice. Okay. So she's going to try and cast witch sight. Okay. So she's got a blindfold that she'll pull out and cover her eyes with and then I don't think I'll try. I'll, I'll channel one step, and then I'm going to attempt to cast crit fail. All right, that is a crit fail. Ooh. So crit fail means I behold a terrible vision of a nightmare. Beings beyond the mortal realm, 
my eyesight is stricken from me and I'm temporarily blinded for 24 hours. During this time, I automatically fail any skill test that requires me to see. So as you put the blindfold over top of your eyes and start chanting and going through the spell, you start to go through like this weird like little shift and convulsion. Darkness overtakes you. And then you start to see occasional shots of light in your eye as if something's kind of swiping around it. And it's like you're peering back like a camera until you see wings. And like you keep zooming backward out and out and out until you see this massive creature with this six wings sticking out from the back of it, right? It's riding atop of this massive wagon with this huge like demonic looking elephant out in front of it and it's whipping it with this huge chain to move it forward and it's just like woof, 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 and swarming all around it you see these creatures with these uh, kind of like grayish heads and these f- part feathers part fur uh, just kind of galloping around uh, and uh, you begin to kind of gibber a little madly at what you're seeing maybe rip the blindfold off but you're still seeing it like it's still there and all the rest of you when you're looking at lavinia her eyes are just this sickly shade of like light gray and it's just there like like no more iris no more pupil just gray i need everybody to go ahead and roll resolve tests uh and uh roll them at standard um and then, Lavinia, I'm going to make yours flip to fail. Be it success. Success. Okay. Going to fail on bear. Uh, yeah. Fail. Okay. The big fail for Aravay. All right. Those of you who failed, go ahead and take 15 points of mental peril, and you're all now suffering from fear. Hubert, you succeeded. Not only did you, do you feel fine, and you look around and you see people beginning to panic, uh, but you steal yourself. And you can actually move one step up the peril track if you need to. Oh, nice. Okay. Drunk. You take a couple steps up. And there is a second level much like this one. And the stairs go up, these cut-hewn stairs. And they turn around. And you know that there's there's a couple more rooms on either side. And then on the other end, there is another room. You know that these rooms at the end, you would know this too, Erevé. The ones that are like next to the stairs, both in the top and the bottom... They lead out to these lookout posts where you can literally look in the direction. One of them points in sort of a, a north, northeasternly direction. One of them points in more of a, a southeasternly direction as it's kind of just looking in different directions here and there. And they kind of cut into the stone where they can wander about. It's not like a really small room. It's a fairly big room, um, but they're both up there. Um, Drunk, you get up here and there's there's blood all over the ground. It's everywhere. Um Roll an eavesdrop test. Uh, routine's fine. That's a fail, so I'm going to re-roll it with the last point. Okay. I'm going to carry all of these over to the next one, because I didn't use any. I failed even worse. Okay. Uh, you hear the sound of like people panicking below you a little bit. You hear the, this woman, Lavinia, who you were just introduced to, starting to kind of shout a little bit. Um, Hubert, what are you doing? I'm gonna follow where Stekas, not Stekas, sorry. Uh, who? Wow, dude. Uh, 
drunk. Yeah, drunk. Drunk, okay. Where he went. Let's go find him. Okay. Bear, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to ask Arave, where does this where does this place lead? Why, why are we still going through here? We were trying to find somewhere that your friend would be able to heal my friend's travel companion. So we were trying to find a way that was a little bit safe and out of the way. I do not know what has happened here, though there seems to have been some sort of devastation that has occurred. Yeah, I don't think I want to go up there. It does not seem safe at all. Like, there might be something waiting out there for us. And I don't I don't know if it's a man or a beast, but I don't want to meet it. There are abominations in the woods, in the open, in the caves. This is the north. This is where we are traveling. So, Bear and Lavinia and Erevé, you hear the sound of stone dragging against stone, like a as if something's just being dragged against. And then Dronk and Hubert, you hear this strange, like, echoing laughter that moments later cascades to the first floor. You just hear... (laughs) And that's where we'll end tonight's set. Great, and I'm blind. All right. That's probably a good thing.